Welcome to episode 195 of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South and Texas Pete. On today's episode, we recap a wild week three in college football. You can find this show on our website, SaturdayDownSouth.com and Apple and Spotify. Don't forget to join us for the live recording, just like you're doing now, of the show every Sunday at 8 Eastern time on the Saturday Down South YouTube page. Find clips from the show on Twitter, at SatDownSouth and at SatFBUncensored, on Instagram and TikTok, at SaturdayDownSouth. And of course, find us on YouTube at Saturday Down South. And now, here's the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South in Texas. Pete, I'm your host, Tyler Huck. And with me, as always, is my bourbon pouring partner, Chris. Oh, Miller. it's Scotch. Are you? Oh, okay. It's oh, it's, uh, Bavin, uh, Bavini or whatever. Is that the uh, Caribbean Bavini? cat? No, what Caribbean? Why would Caribbean Scotch be a thing? It's a thing. Is that a thing? No, it's not. Uh, like no, it. it's just straight Scotch because this Alabama team has driven me to drink, and it's only week three, and it's gonna get worse. I think by week five we might have to mainline actual drugs, and then we'll see what happens after that. Because yesterday was fucking awful, awful. Yeah, it was. It was a wild one. Uh, I had a close one as well. Um, a lot of top teams in college football weren't looking great yesterday. And I, it seems like week three can kind of be a crazy week every year. This week or this year, no different. Um, a wild set of games. Did you? What games did you catch in particular that you thought were the best? We're going to start with the Florida-Tennessee game, but um, what yeah. games did you watch like in their entirety or close to their entirety that you thought were awesome? That Bama game was a no-biter. Um, hey, you know what? Now you get to kind of feel how the rest of us feel in games. It's like no oh, one wow. feels that way. No <laughs> one feels that way playing South Florida. No I'm one in in Dope Campbell Stadium when we've lost to USF. <laughs> so don't tell me that. Oh, is that real? Oh, that's tough. yeah, 2010. It was um, bad. It was the last game I've ever been to, and we lost. Yeah, it was fun. Um, let's see what clo- <laughs> dogs three no coming. What's up, Daniel Clover? War, War Eagle. I almost said nice War Am, but that's not what I meant. War Beer Dog, welcome in. Um, drinking Blanton's. Yeah, where are you from? Where are you drinking? Um, Daniel Clark, we, got, we got the Auburn hat in the background right here. I'm a changed man. I might have to jump on that bandwagon, too. No. Um, I couldn't. I wouldn't say never, but we'll see. Anyway, he's, so games that were good that I watched. The Tennessee-Florida game was, like, I don't think it was good, but it was no. like, like, I don't even know if it's like good is the right way to describe some of these games. They were just, okay, best game of the day. Best game of the day, hands down. Mizzou, Kansas State. That was awesome. That was, that was crazy. Awesome. That, that roller coaster that it took me through, it felt like I was in month three of a relationship because that was, I was tweeting out, I was like, this is so typical Mizzou. And then like, they do something good. I'm like, oh my God, Mizzou, they're going to have a chance to win it. And then they have like, for those of you who didn't watch this game, let me just run you through the final part of it and, and how, I'm not even a Mizzou fan. I was losing my mind. Mizzou cannot stop anybody. Brady Cook is balling out the entire game. The entire yeah. game. Luther Burden balling out. Like every every player they have is, is like from like a skill position standpoint, is doing really really well. And they get the ball. Um, it's a tie game. They have like I don't know. I think it was like less than a minute to go, and they had no timeouts or something. And they're third and two. They get like a 15 yard gain. And they are within field goal range. Now, the field goal range is like probably at the 40 yard line because they have Harrison Mevis, who's in his 11th year as a kicker, the thicker kicker. He is stocky as shit. Um, and the he's in line to kick a great nickname. Great nickname. He's in yeah. line to kick a 56 yard field goal, which is his career high. He hit a 56 yarder last year against Jordan. Like he, he has the leg for it, even though he's been inconsistent to start this season and he goes in um and or I'm sorry, before he goes in they just they just assumed i guess that that, that kansas state was gonna like call timeout to ice them so they just never took the field like think, think about what i just they just never took the field they sat there in a huddle on the sideline and then they got a delay game penalty they were like wait what i, I like I, I think i tweeted out that's fucking pathetic yeah. and then me just comes up and just absolutely drills a 61 yard field it was awesome it, it would have awesome. been good from 70 it felt like no it would have been good yeah. from 62 
Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. But it was an awesome game. And it was crazy too. And I think there were flags, but they'd already they'd already like like fans had flooded the field. That was pretty awesome. Dude, just a wild game. Um you know, there were there were some other BYU Arkansas. Yeah. That was kind of a crazy game. Uh Wyoming starting the game against Texas with a kickoff or like a touchdown. Like a lot of top teams struggled. Um just a really fun, fun day. And then of course the Colorado, Colorado State game goes into two OTs. Yeah. Colorado pulls it out three and oh. Uh just a wild day. So but let's start with the Florida Tennessee game. That? What's that? Did you stay up for that game? I was I feel like I was like, you know, when you get into that little twilight period where you're like you can't really remember like if what you were watching or what I think I was yeah. awake for the start of overtime, but then I woke up at like 3 30 in the morning and Deion Sanders is on my TV and a live press press conference. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like so out of it. I was like trying to figure out if they won or lost. And I watched it for a little bit and like clearly they won. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But you know, double OT. Um I like to see the humbled version of Dion a little bit. Like he wasn't just on his crazy, like everybody hey, doubts us. Don't say that. Don't say that. Cause that's coming like, from a place of hate, Tyler. Right. Yeah. Racism. That's coming from a place of hate. I, like we will, I don't know if we should talk about it now. Cause I don't, I don't think it deserves to be talked about right off the top. I think the Tennessee Florida thing does, but this whole thing about like Dion in Colorado, not getting respect is fucking out of hand. And I'm so sick of, and so sick of reading about it and hearing about it. And I don't yeah. like, I don't do a good job of mincing my words. So I probably won't. And I'll regret it later. The most but like, out of any team in the country. He, his son called Danny Cannell a hoe on Twitter today and nothing fucking happened. You know, damn well tomorrow morning on whatever fucking show they have on ESPN, they're going to be like, Danny Cannell is a hoe. They're right. Yeah. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. He is a hoe. And like, like what? Like the whole thing is so stupid. And it's 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 awesome to watch. You know, it's crazy. You know what? Fuck it. We'll just let's just start here real quick. Okay. Here's why this bothers me. This is what I saw. This is a tweet from some like bigger name in sports media, or I'll just say in media, um, that came across my timeline. Okay. His name is uh, let's see here, let's see here, let's see here. Dante Stewart says the hate for Deion Sanders. And the Colorado football team is venturing for beyond, far beyond disliking them. It is a generational hatred. It's the type of hatred people have of confident, defiant, and joyful black people. People think it's about football, but it's actually race hatred. Now, here's what bothers me, is that we have like a really cool situation here with Dion, where if you look at it, the facts of what's happening, you had both college football preview shows that were there from two different networks for no reason against a game against Colorado State. That's it's, You're a 24-point favorite. Right, you you have yeah. that again. His son called Danny Canella ho. No repercussions for it. Oh, They're like and by the way, you want to talk about respect? How many of these teams that I see, you know, whether it was Georgia or Bama or Florida State, go on down the list where they were all, you know, these huge favorites, twenty eight plus favorites, and they struggled, and all these talking heads were just going on and on and on about all the flaws on these teams. Colorado, 24 and a half point favorite, has to go to double OT at home to beat Colorado State. Everyone's like, man, this team is just unbelievable. They just know how to win. Yeah. The the same guy, the same guy wrote something about how he was like, he's like, this is probably one of the greatest games of all time. And I was like, is it? (laughs) (laughs) The old uh, number 23 ranked Colorado versus unranked Colorado State is a is an all-timer. I I just thought it was, I thought it was so it was like such a disservice to what we could make this into. And and I, and like, it bothered me a little bit because like, I, there's just no reason that race was brought into it at all, because it's really, if you look at it, like I saw this today from Genestad, the valuation of that program, like the actual financial valuation. And I just want to stop for a second in the middle of that and say, Tyler, how impressed with you or with me. Are you for saying financial valuation? Yeah, I am. That's very impressive. Thank you. So yeah. the financial valuation of, of this program now in just a few short weeks of the season has gotten on par with Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia, and teams like that. That's from Dennis Dodd earlier today. Um, they, again, they've been on game day. They've had all, they have so much, so many, like from a social media standpoint, after the first week, I think Colorado gained over 200,000 Instagram followers. Shadir gained over 1.8, or sorry, 180,000, 180, and, and so did Travis Hunter. Shadir Sanders is now his NIL valuation from on three was at 4.3 million before this game, which is the highest of any, any player in the country. I think it's awesome. Like, like 
I think it's awesome. So what bothers me is that like, it seems pretty clear that everyone else for the most part also thinks it's awesome. Like yeah, people aren't tuning in to see Colorado and Colorado state usually in the East Coast. It was kind of funny watching people on Twitter getting like their first introduction to PAC 12 after dark when it's been around for years and you know, it's going away next year. But like, I, I think that universally people are really enjoying watching Deion Sanders be a story. And I don't see a lot of hate on him at all. So what, what kind of bothers me here is that like, man, you had the option to sit there and say that this is like a majority of the sports landscape and fans in the sports landscape from across the country, no matter race, like color, creed, whatever you want to say that seemingly are all on board and supporting this very new, I don't say young by age, but young head coach that happens to be black. That's a young black head coach with his son at quarterback and his other son playing defensive back with a pick six last night. Like in a fumble, a forced fumble. Like a cool story. And it's being it's being talked about, it's being covered, and people seem to love it. And the numbers back that up. And the fact that we in this time of how like divided we are in general, it sucks. It absolutely fucking sucks that we can't just sit here and be like, hey, you know what's really cool? That all of us are on board for this. Like all of us and, and we're all interested and nobody hates Colorado. I hate RJ young. I've already said that several times, but nobody hates Colorado. So that part, I just, just kind of bummed me out. We got a lot of comments probably get caught up on, and then we should get into some, some other games as well. Why didn't you come to my birthday party? (laughs) Preston, I don't think I was invited. Yes. Usually requires an invitation. Preston. You know what? Here's the segue. Our man. Oh yeah. Porter resident enters the chat. Actually, he tweeted us. He also left us a voicemail. Yes. So we'll get into that here. Um, let's uh, let's let's start. So Florida twenty nine, number eleven Tennessee sixteen. Uh, we talked about this game ahead of time, and we talked about the streak. Yeah, Florida. The last time that Tennessee won in Gainesville, two thousand three. A lot of history there. Tight spread. We weren't sure that Joe Milton could really handle a game like PG-13 this. And, show, huh? Said it's a PG thirteen show. Tight spread. Okay, just moving on, moving along. <laughs> um, so in I wouldn't say this was like the best game to watch. Although you know the two dudes squaring up at the end was pretty funny to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be interested to see how the league handles that because I'm pretty sure you can't just square up and start like a boxing match in the middle of a game. I, he was he was like number fifty five or fifty four. Fifty four, I think. Clearly, an offensive lineman. He was squaring up up on a number five. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> which at first, when I first was watching it, I was like, "Is Joe Milton out on the field just squaring?" Yeah, up? Thought, but he's number seven. <laughs> yeah. Why did we? Yeah. Why did everyone think Joe Milton's number five? I don't think everyone maybe thought Hennon, that. Was Hooker number five? Hennon Hooker was number five. Okay, maybe that was. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, we went. Oh, I went God, Danny Moon. I went with the desperate play, desperate coach needing a win in this spot, night game. Yeah. You did say this outright. I took Florida outright. That's why I didn't appreciate my man, uh, Florida resident on Twitter being like, you guys need to, you know, basically snap on Tennessee a little bit like you did Florida. My man, I picked Florida outright. I, I, did I you do it, it out of the that. goodness of your heart, though? Did you do it because you thought it was going to happen or was it because like, I hate Florida and this is like, I'm just going to hedge emotionally? No, I took, remember, my two spots I took this week, desperate head coaches and desperate need of a win. Billy Napier at Florida. Yeah. Neil Brown at West Virginia. Both upset victories. Um, this was, The victory was the first in a rivalry game for Napier, who last year mm-hmm. became the first coach in Florida's school history to lose to Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, and Florida State in the same season. So getting that initial rivalry game win under the belt is great for for Napier. Um, listen, man, Joe Milton just isn't it. No, did you, did you see how far he could throw the ball though? The Tennessee, and he's not the only problem. <laughs> he's not the only problem. They had, and here's where I'll I'll give our Florida resident some love here. Five false starts for Tennessee. Uh. They had to burn two timeouts early in the second half to avoid in the first game eight minutes. Uh, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if it was a, you know, home crowd thing. 90,751, 12th largest crowd at Florida Field. But uh, 
yeah, Tennessee looked undisciplined, just like Florida looked in game one against Utah. Mm-hmm. Total reversal there. Uh, Tennessee was looked very undisciplined. And I don't know, man. Like, uh, to your point, what you said before, how this this game might be a little more important for Tennessee and Heupel to prove that you are legitimate. They don't have that anymore. I think a lot of people are very down on Tennessee now. Yeah. Yeah, I am. What's so what do you think watching this game? Huh? What do you think watching this game? Okay, so I have rarely ever been so happy to be wrong, and I'm going to revel in all of this because I said on here last week, the lock of the week, Tennessee minus six, Tennessee to win the first half, and Tennessee to score first. Those were all three on, our, on my betting card. I went eight and five this week, by the way. We're at 31 and 15 on the year for 67.4%. Um, but I missed big. This is my lock of the week. Second lock of the week in a row that I missed, by the Fine. way. Real bad. Real bad. Now, I tell you what, they did score first. What was amazing to watch is you talk about all this stuff with Tennessee and, and all this stuff that, that, that like their fans have talked about and people have just kind of rushed to assumption on, which is like, Heupel's a great coach. I mean, they went they went 11 and two last year and and like that you saw what they did to Alabama and they beat LSU on the road. And it's like, well, they beat LSU at 11 a.m. in Death Valley with a hurt quarterback. They, they crushed Clemson, which, okay, so did Duke in hindsight. <laughs> Um, in back-to-back games. And, like, they were a really good football team a year ago. But this whole assumption that they were going to come in this year and be exactly who they were last year or better is ridiculous. And I remember saying this, listen, I, like, I wish I didn't go out on such a, like, hard stance limb before this game saying, like, hey, they're going to beat them. I think I said the Texas Pete hot take this week. They were going to win by 20 points or something like that. Like, after nailing my pick last week, they were going to win by 20 points, whatever. But you heard it on this podcast a while back when we were talking about the SEC East preview, and I said, Tennessee has won two games in Gainesville in the last 51 years. It's now two games in 52 years. I mean, that's awful. And then the Joe Milton thing, what was funny for me to watch was Heupel mismanaged the game. He got out coached by Billy Napier, the coach that everyone has shit on for, for quite some time. And we've said on this podcast he might not make it through till the end of the of, of this season or next year or whatever because the hot seat he might be on. But also that it might not necessarily be his fault because it's like that schedule's brutal. You had everything in front of you, Tennessee, to be a, a, a road favorite by a touchdown, and you come out with your fucking Bryson DeChambeau-ass quarterback just slinging it all over the field. It, like, it was hilarious. It was They couldn't run the football. They made so many mistakes up front. They did what Tennessee always does, it seems like, in the past 20 years, and that is as soon as they are down and, and things are against them, they fucking – turn into this this just giant like 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 angry mob of bad decisions. Josh Heupel calls a fucking timeout for no reason at the end of the game, for no reason at the end of the game, causes a scuffle at the end of it. Like like they were down 13. There was nothing that could have happened that they would have been able to win that game. He right. he even said he goes, we thought maybe, you know, maybe we could like return it. We have onside kick. I don't know how much time was left. You did know how much time was left. That's why the clock was fucking ticking down the whole time. It was ticking down the whole time, and then you called it at six seconds. Fucking bullshit. Like, absolute trash behavior, and it's stuff that we see from Tennessee a lot. Now, that being said, Cooper Mays was out, even though he practiced all week. That was kind of interesting. But Joe Milton, he he did what Joe Milton does, and that is like, man, he makes – I mean, he, he's like how Bo Nix was at Auburn. There's like – Will Will Auburn from the other podcast said it best when, when Bo Nix was a freshman – he does three things every game that you're like, wow, no one else in the country can do that. And then he does about five things in, in the same game that you're like, wow, why the fuck did he do that? Like, that's Joe Milton as a player. And yep. and and we sat here all offseason hearing about how great they were going to be. It's game three. The sky is falling in Knoxville, which is hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> when are the, I mean, so, it, have the calls for Nico already started? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You knew that was coming. Um, the, I tell you, you know who you know had the most vocal call for Nico was the the gentleman who ran on the field last night and got arrested because he was live tweeting about it right before he ran on the field. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's real. But uh, like, oddly, Craggy, the resident Florida fan, let's it's also like I don't want this all to be a Tennessee hate fest because you do need to give credit to what what Florida did. And I, I heard a stat that was incredible. And and you talk about like the the new defensive coordinator there that was at Bama for a minute. Gets lured away to go to, to Florida, and he was obviously in demand if two SEC teams wanted him, right? 
Um, mm-hmm. He comes in and he blitzes Milton and puts pressure on him all night. And you hear the stat at some point during the game that Milton Milton had what was it? He's never thrown a touchdown pass on the run in his entire. Oh, that's a real stat. He's never thrown a touchdown pass on the run. So they brought pressure at him all night. And when they, when Tennessee needed him the most, when they needed leadership the most, when they needed to play sound football the most and execute and not make mistakes, they didn't do that once. And it was, I'll say it, it was a lot of fun to watch. It's like, <laughs> Uh, I think the biggest surprise, I don't, I shouldn't say it's a surprise because obviously the run game for Florida is what they were going to be leaning on all year. Mertz 19 of 24, which is efficient, but 166 yards, one touchdown, mm-hmm. no picks, but man, Travis Etienne, 23 attempts, 172 yards. Yeah. That big 62 yard touchdown. Um, he killed him. That uh, Eugene Wilson's going to be a player. Hopefully, he. I know he came off the field after an injury. Hopefully, he'll be okay. It sounds like he will be. He looks like a future star for Florida. Um, but you know that Tennessee run defense was supposed to be pretty good. Um, just got torched by Florida all night. Yeah. Um, Travis Etienne is a player, man. Just like his brother, dude. That dude, the he's a baller. Yeah. Um, Why is there no one at this Patriots game? By the way. I see a lot of people there. Are they just wearing red? Am I stupid? Probably it's just I'm probably just stupid. Yeah, probably. I'll tell you what, the irony of the fact that two Bama quarterbacks are playing in this fucking Sunday night game after the atrocity we had to watch last night in South Florida was not lost on us. Yeah. Anyway. Um but obviously a monumental win for Florida. Um I said it before the game, thought Napier had to have that win. Yeah, even they were underdogs. It just didn't seem like things were trending in the right direction for Florida. So, obviously, a great win for them. Tough loss, obviously. So, you know, now you've got Charlotte, which should be a oh, – man, you really – Well, somebody asked what I was drinking, so I was just okay. showing them. And then I felt – all right, let's – okay. Like, it was one sip, dickhead. You got, you got Charlotte this week, um, so that should be another win. You'll be 3-1 and one going to Kentucky September 30th. That'll be a big mm-hmm. game for, for both programs as well. Um. But yeah, this was a big one for for uh, Florida and Billy Napier. One and zero in the SEC now. First rivalry win. Um, First win was a ranked opponent in the swamp since 2019. That's awesome. And and yeah. look, the Florida defense. I mean, I think the guy. I think the Austin Armstrong is a, kind of a goofy dude. Yeah. <laughs> um. What did I call him the other day? Like Kmart Kirby because he's got the. He tries to, oh, he talks good. like Kirby and he's got the visor and the just, but yeah, I can't, I can't hate on him because he's got the, the defense looking really good there. Yeah. Um, I think Florida could be a little bit better than we thought, especially for that Utah mm-hmm. game. It'll be interesting to see how Mertz continues to grow within the offense. Um, they'll have to stay healthy on the line, both lines really, because there's not a ton of depth. Starting to see some guys re- uh, emerge at receiver. You know, yeah. I didn't really, out of Ricky, outside of Ricky Purcell, I didn't know who they had. There was some, Good reports on the freshman in camp, but it's hard to rely on true freshmen. And looks like Eugene Wilson might be that guy. So Florida Jeff could Rollins be a-, a good point, by the way. This is what I meant. A ranked SEC win. Oh, okay. Thank you, Jeff. Yep. Good call, Jeff. Yep. This is why we do these things a lot. Yeah. Like, exactly. Stat Boy on uh pardon the interruption. Stat Boy? Remember Stat Boy? Uh that he would like sit in the back and he'd be like, you said this wrong. This it was this at the very end of the I show. Not I feel like we should get one of those. Oh, was that guy? Someone in the chat won't remember that guy's name. Yeah, he ended up hosting. Um, what was that show where they would like you can mute you and give you like arbitrary points and? Oh yeah, the uh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he hosted pardon the part of the interruption. No, not part of the interruption. The one before it. That show sucks. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, no, great win for Florida. Love it. I think it's. I think we definitely jumped the gun on on that whole thing. Um. What? <laughs> oh wait, we got we got the voicemails. Oh yeah. So let me go ahead and pull this up, and we will get to the voicemails. I don't want to show anybody's phone number. All right, yeah, let's do this. Five dollars extra, we will show you the number though. Just know that. Yeah, it's a Florida resident. Just here, right after this uh, wonderful win, we got to get Tennessee out there. Well, a lot of people doubted us. Oh uh, yeah. So I guess now we can stop off with all the Milton talk and 
all that crap I had to hear about all season, all, all season. Language. You can go on and shut all that down, and Tennessee can continue to go over in the swamp and pretty much throw their season in the trash at this point and go ahead and start. <laughs> you know, give uh, Milton a, uh, a, 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 a going away package with a pamphlet that says never come back. <laughs> it's good to finally see a win. Y'all can leave Billy Napier alone for a week, please. Respectfully, and 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 the other thing is, I, that that same crazy talk everybody been talking about with all the crazy stuff Florida did at the Utah game with the false starts and all that. I need all that energy shit that the Tennessee just needs. Appreciate you, love y'all. Have a good one. <laughs> we I love, love you that. too. There was some petty in that voice, and I love that. I love I, it, I, and we deserve it too. This is yeah, yeah. oddly. This is oddly. This is why we love you, oddly. Um, and he's also, I don't know if you saw this, this message he sent earlier. He said, I'm at a day party right now. Still listening to y'all. So, oh, that's great, man. That. We appreciate you tuning in every week. That's awesome. Yeah. We yeah. appreciate you guys leaving voicemails. Don't forget to do it. Remember the number 770-674-8233. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, Tennessee deserves a lot of hate for their, uh, undisciplined play and <laughs> clearly and just the, their general well-being. You know what I mean? Well, I'll leave that one to you. Okay. Um, all right. What about okay? So other crazy scores from the okay. So do you want to talk? Do you want to get into Georgia South Carolina? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm not going to re- like overreact real. here to Georgia South Carolina or Florida State Boston College. I think there's Don't games. Don't lump those two in. Don't lump those two in. Oh, because I I am going to put something into that Bama game. Oh, me too. We're not a good football <laughs> team anymore. We the the dynasty is dead. I'm not going to fucking get into it right now. Okay. I'm going to keep drinking so I can like. I can blame right. it on something if I need to walk it back. But yeah, everything is everything hurts and I'm dying right now. Yeah. Let's get into the Georgia game because I was I was I mean 14 to 3, I think it was at one point. Um first half. At the half, yeah. And clearly like Georgia was taking a while to get into their rhythm, but mm-hmm. everyone was starting to get a little worried because it was like, yeah, you didn't I don't believe they covered in the first two games, did they? I mean they didn't cover in this game either, but I don't think there was a line for one of them, right? They played like fucking UT Martin. Yeah. Yeah. And then they played Ball State. I don't think they covered that one, but um, we were waiting to see kind of an outburst. And we didn't see that this week um, yeah. outburst on offense. Um, now, granted, they did outpace total yards 458 to 309 for South Carolina. Um, South Carolina gets off to the hot start 14 to 3. Kirby, you know, you come in, he comes in. By the way, people were were trashing me for my take on Twitter where I said, who is the CBS sideline reporter? Jenny Dell? My God. Uh, she her job. I'm going to need to tell somebody to earmuff it, but yeah, Jenny Dell's great. Yeah. Jenny Dell was the sideline reporter. I'm pretty sure she married Will Middlebrooks, a third baseman from the Sox in the 2013 World Series team. She used to be the sideline reporter for the Sox. Okay. Is she, she new to CBS this year? So she's been on CBS for the past couple of years. She did NFL games, but she was like, I, so she obviously, it wasn't like an affair. Will Middlebrooks wasn't married, but yeah. they like started seeing each other on the low as Which, normal couples do. And like while he was playing for the Sox and she was the sideline. Yeah. 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 But I think they were both single. I think they were both single. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can do that. It's not like cheating, but also frowned upon cheating. within the organization. I'm sure. Yeah. It's like masturbating on an airplane. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Yeah. Um, I get it. No, but so she, yeah, she's great. Anyway, back to the game. Um, what, like initial, like give me like one or two takeaways right off the bat because I feel like I have one that is something we, I referenced, I don't know if it was on this show or the other shows I was on last week, but like there's like, I've been trying to think of one nice thing to say for each team. There's a lot you can say for South Carolina. The first one that jumps out to me, Spencer Rattler made himself some money yesterday. Yeah. He's come a long way, man. Like, I, yeah. he's more likable now. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember we had Canel on here, and he, he agreed. I think he said, he, like, his words, like, he's kind of an asshole. And I was like, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Um, now, after halftime, he was 6 of 24 passing for 104 yards with two picks. Yeah. But it was, like, pouring down rain at one point. So, um, no, I would say for Georgia, I mean, the amount of guys that got multiple targets – Mm-hmm. Brock Bowers, nine targets. Love it, eight targets. Rosemary Jackson, six targets. Rara Thomas, three targets. I mean, go down the list. They still don't have Lad McConkey yet. Um, I, think still, I think he's just been out with injury. 
yeah, um, fucking sleep away lacrosse camp or something stupid. Yeah, probably. Um, that being said, I think they're still trying to find their identity and who they can rely on outside of Bowers. Um, yeah. You know, after um, Robinson got injured in the offseason, mm-hmm. I think they're... I didn't. I don't think you expected Dejan Edwards to be your your guy. He was the he guy. In the game. Yeah. Well, Kendall Milton's the all world player, and he he's just never done anything in his career. Okay, so Milton no, also no. is he's off to a slow start this year because he's he's he came into the season hurt. But I remember saying this last year, like Dejan Edwards is RB one. Like yeah. he's he runs hard. And and here's one thing I know that Georgia fans fucking love is to like a hard nose running back that runs hard and runs people over. And that's Dejan Edwards, man. Like he's, he's not going to blow anyone away at the combine, but he is a really good back. And and he, I, I just, I think that offense looks good when he's in it. I'll say that. One thing I'll say with Georgia that I don't think we've seen yet. Now, granted holding a team in today's Logic. metrics uh, with offense being kind of the leader uh, as opposed to defense, holding a team to 309 total yards is pretty good. 53 rush yeah. yards. I don't know that I see those. Jordan Davis, uh, Nicobe Dean, all the basically the whole Eagles team, Jalen Carter, yeah. Nolan Smith. I don't know that I've seen that yet on this team. Like a guy that just completely takes over the game. They got yeah. a ton of depth. Um, I don't know if I've seen that yet from Georgia. It could still emerge. Um, but yeah, man, uh, 269 passing yards. Carson Beck, what are your thoughts? Just he looks stupid. Whatever. No, I, I, I continue to think that he like – Listen, I'm trying to be objective here because I understand the frustration that's coming from Georgia fans on the offense. Now, part of me, and a very large part of me, if we're being honest, wants to sit here and laugh at all of you that are talking shit about Bobo because we talked about this all offseason. That it's it you if you don't remember Bobo, that like his name is not his first name is not Mike. It's usually GD because that's what you guys referred to him as for like fucking eight straight years. That being said. Like, I do think it's kind of a little bit of an overreaction as what social media is, but like, it's an overreaction in terms of they had four total possessions in the first half. They had one total possession in the first quarter. And like, it's not always going to be a thing where even if you're on script, you're like, like, listen, Steve Sarkeesian, I've said a thousand times on script. There's nobody better. Lane Kiffin on script. Fantastic. Mike Bobo on script. Third and seven trap draw. Let's fucking do it. Dial it up, Mike. Like, so I think Carson Beck is still a really good quarterback, and I think he's done well. His number's what? Like 27 of 35, 269 yards. That's pretty damn efficient. It's about 80% completion percentage there. Like, that's math. Well, I mean, it's like, it's it's exactly like, it's 78.9. And I'll look it up right now. I'm pretty sure it's 78.9. Wow. Um, Love that out of you. Hold on. This is worth it because you know I love being right. 77.1. 77.1. I was close. Okay. Um, so anyway, but I said it was so much conviction too. I know. Um, 78.9. Yeah. Dude, you don't even know that? That's like easy math. Yeah, exactly. No, so he he was great, but he didn't have a touchdown pass again. Um, like that part, I guess, is is kind of frustrating. He was sacked twice. Uh, but here's the other thing, he didn't have a single interception. I don't believe he fumbled, or maybe he did because people were pretty upset, but like he only has three touchdown passes through three games. That's not something I thought we would see, especially with all the, the people they have in that in the their skill position for sure. But like, man, I the hate that he's getting is kind of ridiculous. And I tell you what, if you want to be mad at anybody, don't be mad. And I hate to say this to, to give him a cop out. Don't be mad at anybody for a Georgia fan. Don't be mad at Bobo. Even be mad at whoever made up these stupid fucking clock rules, because you're talking about like. It wasn't like CBS got they, they're getting gypped on commercials. I mean, four total possessions in the first half is ridiculous. So I think that they're gonna start slow at times, but I still think they're gonna be really, really good on offense. Um, I love the fact they got Ra Ra Thomas more involved, especially. I thought that was great. Um Did, and, you know it to you with these new clock rules that if you're an underdog and you have any modicum of success on the ground that you just Literally just pound because that same thing happened in the Florida State Boston College game. It felt like Florida State never had the ball. They would score when they had it. Yeah, they they had the ball like two or three times in the first half. It was insane. I was like, "Are we ever going to get a chance?" College, so it's like, well, they always run the ball, but um, no, yeah, I think that's kind of a pathway to at least 
making a game closer because yeah. with the running clock, it just seems like these games fly by. I felt like what 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 game was it? It was like or I can't remember, but it felt like well, the first half was like an hour long. The the whole thing with with Georgia yesterday too, and and and, and I don't want to only spend time on Georgia. South Carolina did a phenomenal job coming out of the gates, being up 14 3 at the half, keeping their foot on the gas, getting in the end zone right for the lost end of the half. Wells. They lost Juice Wells, who looks lost- like a broken bone in his left foot, which sucks. I'm not saying this is why they lost at all, but like, but I mean, that is their best offensive player. What the fuck happens for Georgia that they continue to lose the team they're playing continues to lose in in like close games. They're in. Yeah. They lose their best offensive player. They they lose it. It's just fucking insane to me. But anyway, incredible job by South Carolina. I love the fact that the offensive line only gave three sacks. There was a lot of people, including myself, thought that was going to be a nightmare to watch. Spencer Rattler, they, they could never run the football. The one concern if you have for South Carolina is like, fuck, man, that offensive line still cannot get a push. Even against Georgia, it still was concerning. They had 17 yards out of, um, what's his name, out of Rattler in the first half. He was their leading rusher with 17 yards. I think Dak Joyner had like five carries for 10 yards. Like They, they didn't hand off the, the football to a lot to their running backs a lot at all, which was kind of concerning. Um, but I loved what they did early. They attacked, and they continued to attack, and they they – Beamer said it afterwards. He's like, they came into the, they want to get to the fourth quarter with a chance to win. And that's what they did. Um, now for Georgia, the thing that should scare everyone, if we sit here and talk about how, how Georgia didn't look good. And, and I listen, I don't think they're the best team in the country right now. I would continue to have them at number one because they deserve that and they've earned it. I don't think they're playing like the best team in the country right now, nor is their resume worthy of being necessarily labeled number one right now. That being said, this is not a finished product. And they did something yesterday that elite teams do and elite coaching staffs do. And that is you make halftime adjustments. And by the time you come back out, you saw the game was in hand quickly. Like at halftime, you could buy Georgia money line at like minus 140. And they came out first drive. They go right down the field and score second drive, right down the field and score. And they took over. And that's what good football teams do. We did get a voicemail at halftime of this game. Oh God. Ooh. Um, if you have any friends who are Georgia football fans, call them. We might say, ah, it's early season. We're not, you know, doing so bad. Things will bounce back. It's not good. It's not good at all. We're not doing good. It's halftime at the, um, South Carolina Georgia game and we are, we are struggling. I'm flashing back to the old Bobo days, listening to Chris on the pod and hope, I hope he's not right, but, um, Unfortunately, I think he is, and I'm starting to scream, damn it, Bobo, at the TV again, and I'm flashing back. So call us. We're not doing hot. We'll try to call back after the game. But, um, yeah, your Georgia friends, call them right now. I love it. That's good. And they won. And they won. And I had a buddy text me who was watching the game, who's just a Florida State guy, and he was like, you think South Carolina's going to do it or are they going to blow it? I was like, they're going to blow it. Yeah, Very I mean, tough. but again, this is not where this is not the finished product for that program either. And I, I, I was really impressed with what Beamer did going toe to toe with them for a minute. Because listen, last year, blowout. Year before, blowout. This was this is a much better game. It was. Um, I look for Georgia to continue to improve on both sides of the ball as you're yeah. starting to replace some of these stars that you've lost over the last two years to the NFL. Um, we can touch on Florida State, Boston College. It was a crazy 31 to 10 it was 31 10 in the fourth quarter and then it basically came down to like the last play of the game um i had already had in my mind with all the ptsd that i've suffered over the last couple of years that we were going to lose that game and i was like you know what it is what you it are is. the worst fan yeah i am um <laughs> and to be fair had boston college not committed 18 penalties uh we may have lost that game but now i'm hearing that most of the team had the flu. It sounds like an excuse, but we'll see. I, I don't think it was a look-ahead spot to Clemson, who is starting to look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, South Florida State opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. On the road. Yeah. Um, do we want to get into the Bama now, or do you want to wait on that? Because I was the team I was most impressed with all day was LSU. Let's talk about that first. Okay, so we got, we got a couple voicemails from this. One on Tuesday? At noon, just ready for the game. What? But he called a shot. Grant Styler, 
everybody's favorite Cajun, Teak Claw. I'm here to tell you the time has come. The LSU Tigers are starting their journey to Atlanta this weekend against the Bulldogs. Bulldogs? More like bull crap. You know the only thing that cowbells are good for? Ringing in the children for dinner time. Because the Tigers are ready to eat. And I'm making a roof. And the first protein I'm adding to this gumbo is Bulldogs. That's disgusting. Love that. Is that Mickey? T-Claw. I don't know T-Claw. T-Claw. I love it, T-Claw. I tell you what. I had this as one of my picks. Well, you said there was... Damn it, Pua. You said this is one of your... You, we had multiple things? Uh, I think, yes, we did have another LSU. What is this? You know, I said Mizzou's going to win. Nope. Well, I'll, okay. Well, I want to hear that next, though. Okay. Um, so oh, I, here I had it. Here it, like it, a lock. Laissez-le bon ton roule. It's everybody's favorite Cajun T-Claw. And like I told you, bulldog, more like bull crap, baby. Woo! How about them Tigers? Got our first step on our way to Atlanta. And watching them Bama struggle with them South Floridians, looking good for the West. I'm going to let that gumbo simmer a little bit. Got a nice little cooked bulldog in it. And next week, I'm going to be adding some Razorbacks. Much love from your favorite Cajun, T-Claw, over here. Go Tigers! Right, T-Claw is a fan favorite. That's good. I love T-Claw. Um, I texted uh, producer Dan about this yeah. game. Um, I was looking at the stats, and I was like, it was like the middle of the second quarter, and Jaden Daniels was like, bro. He was like 90% passing with like 250 yards, and Malik Neighbors had like almost 200 yards receiving. It was insane. He was 21 of 22 for 285 yards or something like that. Yeah. Um, Malik Neighbors had 10 catches for 188 yards and two touchdowns in the first like 28 minutes. They they were like, I, I tell you what, I thought they were going to win. I thought they were going to win in a big way. I, I had that as one of like my like, like locks of the week that it was going to be LSU covering the nine. I didn't know if they were going to come out on fire because it was a five and a half point spread in the first half. You're at 11 a.m. kick against, you know, in the cowbells and all that kind of shit. Man, they came out and they put their foot on the gas. They had one, really their bad, uh, their bad drive was the one, the very first one that they ended on the goal line with the field goal. And then they, they didn't miss the rest of the game. I mean, like they did everything well. They ran the football well. At one point, Mississippi State had 11 straight plays for zero or negative yards. That's crazy. Yeah, LSU's well, we said it in the preview or I said it. Um, I think there was a lot of value on LSU after that Florida State game because a lot of people were like, oh, they're done for the year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, dude, I, I think they are the hands down favorite in the West at this point. I mean, I don't even see Happy. anybody that's going to be com- close to them. Ole Miss, maybe. Maybe. A&M, maybe if they if they because I think they no, they don't get them at home. Dude, I mean, really good showing from them. Um, Kelly's got them right back on the right track. Did you see the? Did you see that run from from uh, the freshman running back? Oh, I don't think I, I honestly um, like. I've got a favorite clip of mine in Florida State lore with Greg Jones absolutely yeah. tattooing Dexter Reed. That's what the announcer said. I think this hit was even yeah, better. North Carolina. I mean, yeah, yeah. That DB for Mississippi State for my freshman running back just got absolutely destroyed. Yeah. That was that was I was my favorite thing of the day, I think. It was it was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. It was. Uh so LSU's looking good. I know you're not too happy about that. No, but. I mean I, I, look at listen, I have Krista's here. I know she's a big big uh LSU fan. Mickey Sheremy, aka I'm pretty sure T-Claw. Um like I love LSU and I love all their fans and all that kind of stuff. I and it's still early in the season, but there's not anyone in the country that's going to stop them, including Florida State. If they played him again, yeah. If Jaden Daniels plays like that, because that right. was he—he he looked like the best quarterback in the country. Like, like, and it wasn't short throws. He—he—he he, he was able to push the ball downfield. He had several dimes that he was able to drop into a bucket from Malik Neighbors. I mean, they were—they were great. Like, they were 
Now here's, here's the only thing. And I hate to even say this from like a, like it's not a negative thing, but I don't, I don't like, let's not have that be the best game. It's week three. Right. Like that is the standard from here on out and everything else is that's you play off that. But I thought it was really, really impressive. And I really enjoyed watching it because they, I mean, they put them, they put them away early and it was very, very impressive to watch. I agree. Unlike, Unlike roll tag. Is it over? Is it really over? All right, let's get into it. Because I, I, we got, we talked about this a little bit um, before we went live here, and this was even ta- being talked about on Tallahassee Radio last week after the Texas game. They're like, we just want to point this out. We don't hear this. This isn't real. What you're saying isn't real. That's not what was said. Well, no, but we corrected. You corrected me. I was trying yeah. to remember the exact words. You know, but you, but Saban after the game last week was like, I'm just you know happy the boys competed out there. You know, blessed to be coaching a game like this. He didn't say that. He said that, but I'm just adding for, you know, context. Dramatic effects so people can run with it on Twitter. Now, here's the thing. I'm fully aware everything that I have said about this program. And I'm fully aware of all of the stuff that I said before the season and jumping on the bandwagon and I and, and like dancing on the grave and all that kind of stuff. And as of right now, I regret it immensely. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it, it appears it appears that I was very wrong. And I told you this off air and I didn't want to say it in like. There's a part of what was happening that felt like it was like one last dance type thing, like it was like a last hurrah. Yeah. And, it, and I, I could I like the entire offseason. I was like, man, just give me a fucking reason to believe in this. And there's reasons to. Right. Maybe not as much as how much I leaned into it. Um, yeah. And it's only week three. So there's a lot of stuff that could still happen. But it feels like it's over. Uh, yeah. No, it does. And, and and here's why. And like, I don't want to overreact. Oh, you're a perfect timing, Willie Gray. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to overreact and sit here and tell you that, oh man, like this this whole thing is dead forever and Saban can't get can't write the ship and blah blah blah. But here's what I know as of what I've seen so far from Alabama. You have not been able to establish the run. You were able to do it for one quarter against MTSU, and it was the fourth quarter. You went into that game, or you you went into the season with one thing that you kept leaning on that was going to be the strength of this team, and it wasn't the defense. It wasn't the edge rush like it was with Will Anderson last year. It wasn't the quarterback play with Bryce Young, obviously, because that was going to be the weakest part. It wasn't going to be the running game necessarily or even the receivers you have coming back. It was that offensive line, man. You know how big that offensive line is? Do you know how far that offensive line can throw a football? Kane and like, Proctor. They are. They had three guys over 350 pounds. I've never seen anything like it. Cole Kublik. They Their average weight is 300 and what? It's, it's, it's bigger than any, any line in the NFL last year. All of it. And I heard all offseason people talking shit about it. And, I, and I, will, I will stand by this. A lot of the shit talk was not coming from a place of like objective, unbiased, Right, like tape watching opinion. It was I hate this team because they have fucking skull dragged my team for the last decade and a half, and I hope this is over. That's it. Like, and, I, and that's yeah. fine. That's fine. I totally yeah, get yeah. it. I totally get it. But I, I really leaned into this whole thing that like, man, you have nine five stars coming in. That offensive line's be huge. They're the ones that said joyless murder ball. This isn't joyless murder ball. It's just joyless. The whole situation is joyless. And I yeah. said last week, like that we don't need to overreact to the Tennessee thing because it's or to the Texas thing because it's playing Texas and Texas is a really good team. And we didn't know who the quarterback, the quarterback thing was was going to be. The, the the quarterback situation was not going to be set up for week two. But then you spent this week, and and again, maybe I don't think this is what's happening. Maybe though, Saban is a genius all along, and he did this to motivate his team so they would see that Jalen Milrow is the guy. But that's not what I think happened. And I think that you went into a game trying trying to find answers before the, the the start of SEC play against Ole Miss, and you came away with nothing solved. You came away with way more questions. The only thing you have definitely solved is that Tyler Buckner should never step on the field again unless it's to give somebody a fucking high five or hold the extra point, and that is it. Like, that is it. He was awful. And I, don't, I, I hate to say that about the kid. I tried to get behind him. Former Elite 11, top 100 quarterback. His mechanics are awful. The moment was way too big for him, and that was against a half-empty stadium USF. Yeah. So then they brought in Ty Simpson, who yeah. now, 
<laughs> and this is called Saturday Football Uncensored, so fuck it. We'll just lean into it. All of the old whites and Bama people that are just like, don't want to see Jalen Milrose start that are like, ah, that offense runs better, brother. That offense runs better with Ty Simpson in it. No, it doesn't. Yeah. He had the same amount of fucking completions as he had sacks. Five. Yeah. It was the lowest amount of passing yards I've had in a game in the last 87 games, dating back to 2017 against Washington in the, in the, in the cultural playoff. They, they got sacked five times against USF. Caden Proctor got bullied all day again. For like, like every they they could not establish a run until the fourth quarter. That game was was it tied going into the fourth? Let me look. It was three three at halftime, and then Bama yeah. scored a touchdown in the third quarter. So it was ten to three going into the fourth. Ten to three going into the fourth. They the, now again, and they scored real late in the fourth to make that seventeen. Yep. It, like USF was driving to tie the game, and then they, he threw that terrible pick. They were down to like the 30 yard line. Yeah. And and like, and here's the thing. I said this against Texas and I didn't think they were going to win that game because I didn't know when they got down early, they were going to be able to come back. And they did. They did with Jalen Milrow, by the way. This whole thing seems like it's so mismanaged. And I think that the thing that's what's driving people crazy is that, you know, Saban's not going to give you an answer as to why he's doing anything. But for the first time in a long time, it doesn't really feel like there's a plan. It kind of just feels like whatever he's doing is like shooting from the hip or something. Because if Tyler Buckner is going to get a start in this situation, you're going to give reps to someone else. That means he would have had to show up in practice and be really good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, by that performance, I don't see how that could be possible. And then you find yourself into a dogfight with USF. You get a break, then it's a rain delay, and it's like at every time, like after three drives, I was like, he cannot come back out on the field. He's he's not the offense has done nothing with him. He cannot come back out on the field. Fourth drive cannot come back out on the field. Rain delay cannot fucking come back out on the field. He does. Then they finally take him out, but they I was like, well, maybe they're gonna get to the half with him and then put in Milrow. They get to the last drive of the first half, which was a fumble inside their own 25, which is the only reason they tied it up. And they brought in Ty Simpson, the third string quarterback. And then it's so then it's like, okay, well, they hurt or were they just did they go into this game saying we're not playing Milrow? We got to figure out what we have. He made a comment on, on the on the sideline, like to to whoever the sideline reporter was, Chris Button, and he was like, "We played the guys that played played the backups that played the best in, in practice all week, and the ones that had that did things the right way, and and that's who's going to play." So the only thing I can think of is like, did Milrow go into this whole thing with like a shit attitude? Was upset that he wasn't going to be the starter or something, right? Because that's like, or. And here's your and, and that is pure speculation on your part. We don't pure know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pure speculation. Just trying to figure out what's going on. I will tell you that the text, the text that I was receiving during the game from my best source was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Oh, okay. So, so we're like sitting there watching this. And I'm like, I, "You're in the third quarter, and you're like, you're, you have to escape Tampa." with a win again. But last time you were in that stadium, it was against fucking Clemson in the national championship. This time it was against a team that was one eleven the year before and had the 113th ranked offense in the, or defense in the country. And you put up 107 total passing yards. I don't think they got over 300 yards total in the first they, they, half. They, they barely eclipsed it. They had less yards than, than USF though, right? USF ended up with 264. Okay. Well, the defense did play well. I will say that. Yeah. But here's the other thing that's so frustrating to watch. It didn't feel like they had a plan. They, what what really won them the game was you had a 45-yard completion to Robbie Utes at tight end, and they finally had to somewhat respect the, the pass. Because before that, all they were doing was stacking the box, and Bama can't protect three on five, let alone six on five, at all. And Roydell Williams became a workhorse late in the second half, and that was great to see. The defense played well at times. They had, like most of those yards, I would I would venture to say that over a third of their their total yards were on broken plays, like just scrambles and stuff like that. Yeah. But you had two more touchdowns called back because of penalties. You had an interception overturned because of a penalty. You had a what do you call it? You had a fumbled punt uh, return. You're you don't do. It's not that you're not doing things that elite teams don't do it's that you're you're doing them repeatedly like you're making the same mistakes four touchdowns in two games called off because of penalties maybe it's bad luck or maybe it's consistent because that's what's happening i mean mm -hmm. 
like it's just it's very frustrating to watch and it's like i hate i hate playing or hate watching a bama team that you're like okay something good happened and then you're like scouring the field for flags and expecting the worst because they're not a team that's going to go out there and dominate people the only positive i'll say from this is if jalen milrow he did something yesterday that that very few people can do and that is this he won over the entire fan base and i would probably assume most of the team by never playing a fucking down yeah and 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 here, here's the last thing i'll say to you about the bama stuff about like somebody says it was milro suspended should i save the bad joke that i put on twitter <laughs> we want to rehash that i texted tyler and i said you know part of me wants to ask if milro like witnessed a murder or something but it's not like bama suspends players for that either so but dude, um, here's the thing. We're not going to break down the Ole Miss game right now because that's only going to hurt my feelings, most likely. I'll do that on Wednesday. But, yeah, but there were people that were still making the point that Ty Simpson had to be the guy and that Jalen Milrow had two of the worst interceptions I've ever seen thrown. I'm like, no, he didn't. He had one really bad interception against Texas. He had one really bad interception against Texas. Like, you know about a bad interception? How about Tua in the national championship game against fucking what do you call it? how about it, mac jones throwing two pick sixes against auburn in, in 2019 like calm the fuck down that he didn't have like if you are if you're a bama fan you're looking at this and you actually think to yourself this is the best option for us to win is ty simpson and 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 here's what i kept trying to post to them because every single player was like we might lose that game which not every single person a lot of people were saying like if jalen's in that game we might lose because he's turnover prone and blah 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 we might have lost yesterday to south florida Spend that on its head because it's it's a fucking dumb statement for one. Two, if Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner start against Texas, what do you think that score is? Oof. I think it's clear that Bama has to not only get back to Milrow, but just run your whole offense with him running the ball, not scrambling, running the ball 10 times a game because then at least the defense has to prepare for that. But if you just use Milrow as a backup or a, a drop back passer and rely on his legs when the play breaks down, which it's going to happen a lot with that O line. God. But I mean, you can't, the best, you, the best you, can't, you can have. You can't play a traditional drop back quarterback. Ty Simpson got sacked five times. He didn't even play the full game. It's the best friend you could have as a mobile quarterback. It makes yeah. no sense. It, it, it like, and the people that are sitting here saying, like, there are people that are that are adamantly saying they think Ty Simpson should start, and I and I and I'm again, I'm just saying like, if you think that's the case, and we've already lost one game, do you think they somehow win that game? Like I like, we're about here's I, I said this last week, and I was like, if you look at the schedule, there's nobody on that schedule that is going to be an objective L for Alabama, and I said that at the time after the Texas game, not before the or like before this game was played against USF. Like, if you look at the schedule, Tyler. What team on there is the closest to Texas? Mm, well, probably LSU. No. What do you mean closest? The like way they run play? their offense, the way they play, the way they, oh, they call plays. And Ole Miss. Right. Yeah. And it's your first it's if you lose if you lose another game, you're done. And it's not yeah. even October yet. So you this have week. to win out. And there's no chance. Like, listen. There's no way you can trot out fucking this isn't the fucking Democratic National Convention. You cannot trot out old ass Joe Biden or Ty Simpson onto this fucking field and tell me that people are going to feel good about it. I've, I've like I will I don't care how that sounds. I at one point I pulled for both and I swear to god if either one of those guys go out there, I I will denounce my fandom immediately. This is insane behavior. Like current line Bama minus six and a half. In some in some uh, places, it's at eleven. No. Yes, Michael Casagrande said earlier today that it was at eleven in some places. It and I don't think it got bought down that quickly. It, what's going to happen with this line too is it's going to get bought down by the public immediately to like three or four. Sharps will jump on it late, but the wrong team is favored, and we'll get into that on Wednesday. But like, there's no way you could watch that game and tell me you think that Alabama was a, was a good team. I, I just. It's going to be an interesting week. 
Um, any other? We're, we're already at an hour, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. This has been a fast yeah. episode. Um, some other games that stood out to me that I thought were kind of was kind of funny, and this is just totally off the radar. How about South Alabama just crushing Oklahoma State? Best team in the state, bro. Dude. <laughs> South Alabama is the best <laughs> team in the state. Your state power rankings are South Alabama, <laughs> Auburn, and then Bama. <laughs> Dude, like uh, what was it? Thirty-three to seven. Thirty-five seven or something. Yeah. Good lord. Um, yeah. How about yeah, Washington? How good is Washington? Dude. Okay, so that was I was kind of I wanted to the show with your your new top five. Yeah, I yeah. gotta have Washington in there still. I mean, dude, I, I think they're one of the best teams in the country. You have them in there, Wingo? I think I had them in the top five. Yeah, yeah. That's State, I'm gonna drop them because there is some concern about they've they've started every game, including the, the Southern Miss game, slow. Yeah, I think it's becoming a trend more than just a a one off. So, um, I think I'm gonna put for this week. I'll go five. I'll keep USC there. Yeah. Four, I'm gonna go Michigan. I just like Michigan is just so boring, dude. JJ McCarthy, thirty-one to six against Bowling Green. Congrats. JJ McCarthy uh, had had three interceptions against against Bowling Green yesterday. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go uh, Georgia three. No, I'm sorry, Washington three. Um, well, now I'm starting to run out of teams. I got to rethink this, actually. You mean run out of teams? It's the same thing every week. It's 130 teams. Yeah, I know. But Washington, I have to put in there. They're they're decimating people. Yeah. Um, and Penix should probably be the leader for the Heisman right Bro, now. Bro, he was he was 27 of 35 yesterday, which is exactly 77.4%. Um, and had like 465. Didn't have a single rush attempt. Four touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll put Washington in there instead of USC right now because I think actually Washington may have a better defense than USC. So I'll go Washington mm-hmm. five, then Michigan, then I'll go uh, probably Florida State, Georgia, Texas, number one. Okay. Okay. I, I dropped Florida State down to three for right now. We'll see how they do against Clemson this week. I'll put Georgia up there because their defense did a really good job. I mean, anytime you you hold a team in the sec to like 300 yeah yards it's pretty good usf did that yeah. in bama i mean Bama's not a good football team <laughs> bama, like, like, i was texting i was all right i'll just say this i was texting the person that I've, I've been dating and and they are not a a bama fan as a and pronoun like, they go they go by they shut up <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what if Alabama's like not a good football team? And they were like, yeah, they're not. <laughs> like it's pretty clear to everyone but you that they're fucking not. Like they are. Oh my God, it's so bad. Um we, so oh, we did, we did get some voicemails from the Bama game. Do we want to play did those? We? Yeah, let's yeah. play at least one. All right. Well, here's one from halftime. What's up, guys? It's your Bama boy, Bo. Um Sitting here right before halftime, it's three to three against a very, very stout South Florida team. Um, I have no idea what to think right now. People have been saying eight and four. Uh, I'm afraid it's looking that way. <laughs> oh my! Uh, maybe it's just the logo. Maybe that's why we're having such a tough time. Uh, it resembles that Texas logo. Maybe that's it. I'm going to continue watching this shit show of a game. Hope you guys are having a better day than I am. So, yeah. Oh, did you think I was having a better day than you were? I'll tell you what. I like at one point I opened the front door so Pepper could see outside. And I and there's like it's there's a screen door. So I, I like I just forgot because it was so nice in the morning. It was like 60 degrees. So I had opened the screen part of it instead of the glass part. So it was like it was the door was closed. The door can't open like that. All right. Mm-hmm. Cat got in there. There's a cat in the house. Okay. Mm-hmm. Need more dogs. Um, but I have like I have the screen up so you can like so I just and I just forgot. And it's like it's like halftime, it's like 5 30, and people are like walking their dogs, and Bama has like a fourth and six. They have a fourth and six. Bama runs a safety blitz and the fucking safety jumps off sides, which is almost fucking impossible to do because he was coming from 15 yards away. And I was just like, God, what the like I just unleashed everything and this poor family walking their dalmatian and some other fucking shit rat dog walked by and we're like 
Good lord, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. What's going on in that bad. house? <laughs> um, we, we did get a couple other ones, but uh, we were already running long. Um, so we'll get make sure we get to them next week. Yeah, we'll set up a better. We need to set up a better schedule of how to do this. Of like, of like, because I, because I'll. There's no reason that I spend 11 minutes talking about Bama, other than I always do. Um, but like, it's hard to get to every single team around the country. Yeah. It um, is. But you know. We'll turn to that next time. I will say, okay. Um, yeah. Also, somebody brought this up earlier, and I want to give it a shout out, especially because it's going to be relevant this week. Worst, worst beat of the week. Worst beat of the week. Ole Miss. Scored oh yeah. Thirty-six like, seconds. I was in that game. Mm-hmm. It was twenty-four seconds. Actually, before. pretty impressive this year. Like, yeah, for what they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. My top five. My top five. Um. And also, again, shout out Luther Burden. We should have started doing like like the MVPs of the week because that was it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, so one possession per quarter. That's not that's not accurate. Uh, my top five at five. I will put Washington at four. Ohio State at three. Florida State. No, at three I'll put Texas, and at two I'll put Florida State, and at one I'll put I'll put Georgia. Okay, all right. Well, next week is a big one. There's a lot of big games. Yeah, this week ended up being a really good week, like we said. You know, always these down weeks always seem to to come to play. Uh, next week, a lot of big games. So we look forward to seeing you guys on Wednesday. Um, it's going to be a great. I mean, you got Auburn going to Texas A&M, Florida State, Clemson. Bama Ole Miss, uh, Colorado, Oregon. Um, there's a lot of good games this week, so I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. UCLA, Utah is a really good game. Um, Shut up, Oddly. So we look forward to listening or, uh, to coming out with uh, another uh, episode on Wednesday. Again, um, we really appreciate you guys listening to the show. It would really help yeah. us if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a review. We'll, we'll read the best ones on air. And uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube page. So when we do go live on Sunday, yeah. you guys get the notifications. Don't forget to also, leave a message. Real quick, we did a recap show last night. Um, after all the games last last night, and had uh, had like three hundred listeners or three hundred views at one point. It was really great. Oh, shout out to you! Oh. Um, leave us a message seven seven zero six seven four eight two three three. Don't forget to check out the SDS podcast weekly with Connor O'Gara. Check out all of our videos and clips from the show. At Sat Down South on Twitter, at Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok, and Saturday Down South on YouTube. For Chris, I'm Tyler. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We will talk to you guys on Thursday.